Hello, and welcome to the show, your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. Well, Wait a minute, was that something? That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. Who the fuck was that? Sorry. That was strange, man. I'm Taj. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's Taj for now, but maybe later. Everybody keep an eye out on him, because today, <laughs> this episode is about horror songs, horror-adjacent songs. That's so, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much quickly, let me run down what we do here. So we have a couple sides to this record. Side A is where we have a theme, and we pick a song, our favorite choice track, based on that theme. And then side B is where we listen to a whole album, and then we have a discussion about that album, and we pick our favorite track from that album. So let's go ahead and drop that needle on side A. All right. So I've already kind of said what the theme is, but just to reiterate, we're doing horror adjacent songs, horror gateway songs, you know, just not necessarily something that's scary or creepy, um, but, you know, maybe something that you throw into a Halloween monster mash playlist, right? Something to that effect. So we're not, we're not thinking like the theme to Halloween. We're thinking of, you know, songs that invoke, like, you know, a horror movie, maybe, or something kind of like that. Um, so that's that's our theme. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get us started here. So, you know, I I am a huge horror movie fan. Um, this has probably been brought up maybe multiple times uh, on this podcast. If not, hello, uh, I'm a horror <laughs> fan. Um, and uh, I definitely like, I like horror-themed songs. And uh, I also like horror scores and soundtracks to movies, too. Um, and I was trying to come up with, like, the perfect song that I think fits this theme. And there were several that, of course, came to mind. But then I settled on, not settled, because I love this song, but but I, I landed on, on this song because I think, I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, the song I picked is actually from the 1982 album uh, of the same name. The song is Thriller by Michael Jackson. And it was released as a single uh, in the U.S. in January 84. Um, the very famous music video actually came out in December 1983, directed by John Landis. Um, I can't really tell you when I first heard the song. Um, I feel like it was probably the music video is what I first saw. And this is what I wanted to talk about very briefly, uh, about why I think Thriller belongs as my choice track. Thriller, at least the music video for sure, is definitely like it's it's a it's a gateway video for future horror fans. You know, when I first saw that video when I was a kid, it scared me. It scared me, but it also I was excited by it at the same time. Like I liked it, but I also wanted to cover my eyes. And I think without realizing it, this is the song that be made me become a, a, a lifelong horror fan. And this, the music video especially. Um, the music video is, of course, uh, I mean, it's, it may go down as one of the greatest music videos ever made. I think it's probably the most famous music video. Um, it actually was the first music video inducted into the National Film Registry as well. So I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I, I've always loved the song. Um, it's, it's just, it's got a great beat. I, I love the lyrics. 
Um, I know the song was written by Rod Temperton, who wanted to write a song that kind of suited Jackson's love of film. Um, and and uh, as a horror movie fan, and and as I get older, like I, you know, the more I learned about horror films, and then you go back and you listen to the song and you watch the music video, like you know, it just has everything that that you love about about horror. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't know, I don't know what 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 else to say because I mean, the, the song everyone knows it. Um, people still are doing the zombie dance today. Everyone knows about the red jacket that Michael. Jackson wears. Uh, What I do think is crazy, too, though, it was actually the seventh single on that album. It was the final single. This album came out in 82, was released as a single in January 84, and the record company didn't want to release it as a single because they thought it was a novelty song. And I mean, this song is one of his most famous out of his whole entire catalog. It's crazy to think that they didn't want to release it as a single um especially because the title of the album is thriller um but yeah man i i love it i just i think it's 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 a perfect horror song to definitely um i get people interested in horror later in in their life um and it, you know it just it it invokes imagery it, and it's just it's got a great beat it's just fun to listen to what do you guys think so it, i i have to ask the obvious though this does the vincent price part make it horror or does the vincent price part is it just extra on top I think it's extra. I think it's extra on top. I mean, when I was when I was a kid, you know, when this came out, like when I was five or six, um, I I didn't know who Vincent Price was. (laughs) It wasn't until I got a little bit older, which just made that song so much more cool that Vincent Price is on a Michael Jackson song. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I I knew the song. Um, I've heard it before. I like it for sure. Vincent Price. I mean, for me, Vincent Price sells it. The, the song itself is really good, but that that end part that just that's the nail in the coffin of Vincent Price. Like, if you want a masterclass and how to do a maniacal laugh, like <laughs> just listen to that music to that uh, song because they'll be like, man, <laughs> chills. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. So this is an iconic situation. Um, this song right here literally scared every little kid that you could possibly think of. They danced to the song, but when you saw the video, scared the living shit out of people. Literally. You were trying not to be scared because of Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson was dancing. But then you saw the ghouls dancing. You saw the dead people dancing. You saw him turn into a werewolf. You saw Nia Long for the first time. Like nobody knew who Nia Long was, but she was the girl, the main heroine in, in the in the in the actual scene. You saw um you know them going into an abandoned house, which rule number three hundred and eighty five, you never run into an abandoned house. Um, you know, so many things that you learned along this way. And one of the main parts of it that that really sticks out to me is just not only the choreography, but just the composition of it. It is a Halloween song. It is a horror song. It is a um a Fright Night type thrill, right? And the only 
made sense to bring in Vincent Price on it in order to add into the vocals and what he was saying sent a chill up your spine. And it was everything that, that you would see in a horror movie all wrapped up into a nice little poppy beat. That even the beat itself, the beat line was menacing. Dun, dun. Like at that time, who was thinking about that? You know, nobody was really thinking about that at that time. When you think of like horror movies, you automatically go to rock. He took it, made it pop, and not only made it pop, but made it something special. So that in itself is like phenomenal. Um, all time, one of my favorite picks, Brandon. I'm glad you picked it because we definitely needed that song in here, <laughs> especially for the next Halloween party that's going down. We got to play this shit because we all got to jump up and do the dance. So, <laughs> I'm down for it. I agree with that. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite songs from growing up. My dad had Michael Jackson on record and the uh, tapes and all that. So that's where I first started hearing Michael Jackson songs, like my uncles and uh, my dad. They all, they all listened to them. And so I wanted the white glove from his other videos and uh, his jacket. I think he's got his iconic jacket or at least one style of it in the video. One of my favorite things to watch ever. I watched over and over again as a kid. I was always scared the shit out of myself as a kid because there were so many cool things to watch that were scary. I mean, this is like a music video, but it had so much uh, really good makeup. The uh, choreography was great. I mean, you got all these people dancing with their their costumes on. Oh, man, I loved it. Uh, yeah, Vincent Price is really good. That's like Taj said, that's, that's one of my favorite parts, too. Um, I could listen to this over and over again, watch the video. It's it's great. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, interesting what Dieter was saying, how the, you know, the, the girl that plays his girlfriend, she's like, was like, she wasn't really well known, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. But I'm sure after this, she was for a second. <laughs> it seemed like for a second, right? But yeah, I liked, I liked, just the whole video was awesome. They're walking, you know, first it's like they're at the movies with the whole werewolf deal. <laughs> Which I love the werewolf eyes, man. Holy shit. And then just the walk stroll afterwards. But yeah, that his music's iconic. Whatever happened in, you know, the real world. <laughs> I guess I don't, we don't really know, but I was a fan of Michael Jackson. And yeah. So thanks for that, Brandon. Uh, definitely a good Halloween party song for sure. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on here. And hmm, let's go with Taj. <laughs> You're kind of me. Okay. I am. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's scary. I know. <laughs> so, uh, so when, when you originally set the theme, um, Everybody, I, I like kind of automatically shouted out a song, and I had shouted out one, but then I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do some digging and see if I can find something else. Um, I found some other tracks I almost went with, but then once everybody locked in their, their final picks, um, I just had to go back to the one I originally shouted out. So um, the song I picked, and, and it's mainly because I know the song. Um, I don't know the artist that well, um, but the, the song itself is uh, Werewolves of London, um, and it's done by uh, Warren. How do you say his last name? Z- Z- it's Zeven? Zeven. 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 Yeah, Warren Seven. And so it was came off of his uh, 1978 album, uh, Excitable Boy. 
Um, and it's uh, Werewolves of London, in case I didn't already say it, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, it's such an iconic song. Like, you know, it just, and you know, it's talking about werewolves. How can you go wrong with, with werewolves? Just so you know, the other songs I was thinking of all had Frankenstein. So <laughs> it's like, but can't go wrong with werewolves. So um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't think it's, I think it's a great song. Um, I think it's worthy of this pick. For sure, it's one of those that, like, if you say Halloween songs uh, or hardcore Jesus songs, for sure, this is one of those that that is on that short list of people automatically will say this song. So, um, but that's why I like it. So, yeah. This was a song that I remember I was obsessed with back in college. And I, you, I, I, I think for the longest time, I was trying to figure out who the artist was, and things were not as easy at like 1920 to try to figure out who did the song. And um, and and then I finally found out who it was, and I definitely uh, listened to a lot by by Warren Zeppelin. Um, but this is the one that I always come back to, and every time I hear this song, it just puts a smile on my face. Um, I just, I, it's just, I, the lyrics are awesome. I, I really like his voice. His voice is very unique. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I love the, the song. Um, also, uh, Werewolf of London is really good with Henry Hole, if anybody's interested. Um, and then a couple, a few years later, we had American Werewolf in London. Uh, but, um, anyway, um, yeah, man, um, great song. I'm glad that you, you ended up with this one just because I want this to be on the playlist for the show. Uh, because I did back when, you know, we, we used to make, you know, mixtapes. This was one that I, I put on a lot of different mixtapes. Um, because I just wanted to hear the song again and again, and I still do. And, um, it's also used very well in the color of money. So, um, yeah, love this song. So it, you may or may not know because I I ran out of research time. But whenever it gets to the he'll rip your uh, your lungs out, Jim. For some reason, I, I'm always thinking Star Trek and its bones. Like he'll rip your heart out, Jim. Like, I don't I don't, I don't think that's what he had in mind. Um, it probably just rhymed with the lyrics. I mean, you know. <laughs> But it'd be one of those like crazy, like, you know, they, they, they accidentally travel back in time and, you know, it's Bones and Kirk and Kirk's like, I'm going to save her. And he's like, no, Jim. I just let it go. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, now you got Star Trek in my dance. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, was there ever a werewolf on Star Trek? <laughs> I literally have to go back and research that now. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate that. Really. Sarcasm in your face. Yeah. No, um, no, this was a, a beautiful pick, man. I'm, I'm glad you went back with your first thought. Um, this, this definitely, oh, this comes to my head whenever I hear this song and, and literally the first thought that comes to my head is American Werewolf in London and how beautiful of a, of a movie that was when it came out. And that was scary as shit as well. And like you said, Brandon, before that, the predecessor was Werewolf in London. Um, that was actually, you know, monumental within its own right so take nothing away from that 
which is for my own recollection of my childhood. Damn sure was scared at night. Made sure I locked the doors and locked the windows. And if I heard any kind of dog or anything that was howling out, because we had we had actual coyotes and stuff in the area, so they would make little noises and and so forth. I was scared of shit. So not even going to play around with it. Um. I kept a silver knife by my bedside. You know, it was a butter knife, but it made me feel good. So, <laughs> it took a couple of weeks for me to, for my mom to find it and then take it away from me. But that's besides the point. Um, the, the song itself is definitely, uh, uh, it's a, it's a party track song. It is a great listening to song. It is a great just ride to song. Just to put you in the mindset of that, you know, darker thought process and when it comes to lichens and werewolves and things of that nature. I know they're separate. I'm not going to put them together. So um, with that being said, great pick, man. Not mad at you, Kyle. I thought you were going to come with some weird shit. But you actually came with a good one. Uh, thank you. Well, it did add the weird shit element to it. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you always do, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a good song. I like it. I like uh, think about like being in a bar or something or Halloween, you know, that kind of thing. But it's I hear it every Halloween, uh, sometimes outside of Halloween. But yeah, it definitely definitely is one of the greatest hits. I like it for sure. I didn't, I didn't you know, I don't know too much about the history of it or anything like that. But uh, yeah, feel good. It's a feel good, spooky song. <laughs> Doesn't make me think of murder. Just makes me think of like you know good good times. People turn into werewolves and shit. You know, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a good pick, Taj. I, I definitely, uh, definitely like that. Thank you. Back to you, Brandon. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna <laughs> zombie shuffle on over to uh, uh. Damon. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So I think that what I what I was going for was definitely something that, you know, like Brandon was saying, not too horror, like, you know, uh, but my son had like a little bit, a little bit of, uh, I don't know if it's controversy, but the people weren't really sure what it was about. Um, so Blue Oyster Cult is, uh, I think it's, I think they started in the seventies. And so the song, Don't Fear the Reaper. Come on, baby. I think there's two names, two versions. Like, is it, I think it's like Season Don't Fear the Reaper and then Don't Fear the Reaper. Um, but Don't Fear the Reaper uh, is probably one of my wife's favorite Halloween <laughs> or like spooky songs or something that reminds you of like, you know, like kind of like a horror type thing. So I, I've listened to this a lot since I met her, which is over 20 years ago. So I've listened to it probably a few times. Uh, every Halloween, for sure. Um, but yeah, I got we had the CD and all that, too. But uh, this was written uh, by, I think his name's Donald Roser, but he goes by stage name, also Buck Dharma. Uh, he's like the writer, the guitarist, uh, vocalist, and a lot of the big, big hits by Blue Oyster Cult. Only consistent member of the band I was finding out uh, throughout the years of the band so that's kind of cool um, yeah so I guess people thought that the song because they they bring up Romeo and Juliet that they thought it was a maybe about a murder suicide pact but it was it definitely wasn't so uh, yeah season don't fear the Reaper um, yeah definitely one of my favorite spooky songs what did you, what did you guys uh, think of that 
All right. So and here, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't everybody go at once now. Yeah, no, 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 we're good. We're good. Just awkward pause. No. Um I, I liked it. Uh this was, Oh, we could I, edit that out too. Yeah, yeah no problem. I, I actually <laughs> heard it um not too long ago, matter of fact. Um and it just kind of sparked up a little nostalgia feeling because I remember hearing it back in the day, but I, I didn't listen to it as much, you know, as as I as I could have. Um but yeah. no, it was definitely put me put a couple of chills up the spine you know it's got some great little little bass lines to it and and it's just the song in itself um it definitely takes me into that mode and i i too in fact thought it was like a you know murder self-elite type situation so glad to hear that it wasn't the case but you could definitely get misconstrued if you don't pay attention to how the lyrics are blowing out so outside of that i think it was a good fit thanks yeah he says it's supposed to be about eternal love so i guess that's the whole romeo and juliet thing Mm-hmm. Uh, but by, by the way, so the album is Agents of Fortune. Um, it's a it's an okay album. I think Blue Oyster Cult is one of those bands where they have a lot of like they have hits, but then like the rest of the album is kind of like not the greatest thing for me. But they did well, and they did well for a reason. So um, yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Brent? Um, I was just gonna say I love Blue Oyster Cult, and um, I am. Uh, I'm going to say now that Don't Fear the Reaper is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I adore this song. I love this song. It's not just one of my favorite spooky songs. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, mm. I used to play this song all the time. I was able to play this thing on repeat and never get sick of it. I don't know why. I can't tell you. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it definitely has over the years, it's probably softened a little bit, but because of my history with it, I can't not like sit here and say it's not one of my favorite songs because it definitely used to be. And I still really like the song quite a bit. And I like a lot of Blue Easter Cold, including the ones that are, that are not hit. So I am a fan for sure. Um, I love this song. Yes, I do. Um, I just, I, I, I love the, <laughs> I love the vocals. Nice. I love the lyrics. Yeah. I love the guitar riffs. Um, I love the guitar. The guitar solo is great. Yeah, it's it's so phenomenal. It's very iconic, and it's been used in a lot of horror movies. I mean, some of the most yeah, the, like the biggest one of the biggest horror movies of all time, Halloween, uses "Don't Fear yeah. the Reaper" in it, and it was also used yeah. very effectively in the original miniseries "The Stand" as well. That's right. Um, and at the end of the Frighteners, the Peter Jackson Michael J. Fox movie. Um, so I definitely. I know the song very well, and I also know the movies that it was used in because, hello, one of my favorite <laughs> songs. So I had to know where that song was being used. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. this. Yeah, I was going to like this as soon as you put on there. Um, in fact, you guys, I mean, you guys all did great. Uh, I like everybody's song. I know we got one more to go. Um, but, um, yeah, wonderful choice. I, I have I have no notes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's another win for this season. (laughs) I I grew up uh, listening to this song. Um, 
So and so that's probably why I heard it when I was first a kid. Uh, I like it. I enjoy it. For some reason, I I didn't catch the the lyrical stuff, and, and I really didn't dig that deep in the lyrics this time on listening through it. I'm not sure why, but um, I don't know. It it kind of always reminds me of kind of like a a chicken drag street race, like with Heavenly Kid, you know, where they're racing towards a cliff, like who's going to be chicken first and bail out of the car type of thing. And that's kind of how my mindset was always like about don't fear the reaper, like you know, you're you're living for today. Just you don't like don't in the drag street, like in the greaser days, where they're yeah. like going to the sock hop, and then they drag race to the cliff, and who yeah. wins? exactly chicken. chicken, yeah. So uh, I'd be remiss to say that nowadays, because it's one of those things that like you don't notice it until somebody tells you it's there but the other thing that pops in my head whenever i hear this is the saturday night life skit it's like because isn't it for this one more more cowbell isn't it mm-hmm. this one? yeah yeah because <laughs> they're playing the song it's like no stop more cowbell yeah. <laughs> you just had to associate it with that didn't you not that we don't like saturday night live but uh <laughs> I like the song too. So <laughs> I know, but when those like I, I really didn't hear the like cowbell. Cowbell. I didn't hear the cowbell until like the, the skit, and then like it's kind of in the I'm, background. Yeah, it's yeah. like the tempo. <laughs> it's to keep the beat. You know, cowbell <laughs> or cowbell or cowbell. So uh, other than yeah. other than the cowbell, though, like I, I, I definitely, I really do like the guitar riff. Though, like the the whole solo. It comes in and kind of creeps in, and then it's like, and then it just slowly gets like heavier and faster, and there's more to it. And it just, yeah, very fun, man. Yeah, I, I love it. I always Sweet. see the cinematic side of it too. Like, like Brandon's, he reminds me that it was in a movie. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it, man. All right, man. Well, we're going to float over to our last choice track here. And, Diedrich, what was your spooky selection? My spooky selection came literally right when you announced what the title was because it, it just dawned on me like oh, the little light shone over my head and I was like, I need to pick this song. So, little backstory. Um, my group uh, that actually came up with the song was a very popular band back in the day. Um, they were a band that were touring. They were actually in Paris at the time when they were contacted by a man, an author, uh, who wrote a series of of uh, horror stories slash books. Some of them turned into blockbuster movies. Some of them were still remained some of the best pieces of literature that had ever come across, especially from a fright kind of, kind of situation. Um, he was a adamant fan of the band. Um, flew them to his house in Maine, where um, he actually gave one of the members, uh, Didi Ramon, um, a copy of his book, uh, where Didi went downstairs. I actually read the book for about an hour or so, came back up and said, hey, I got an idea for a song. And bam, this particular song was born. Um, it actually, the competition, composition of it actually came um, in time to be released on their 1989 album, Brain, uh, Brain Drain. Um, and this uh, actually was one of their biggest radio hits, uh, believe it or not, just because of the fact of it coincided with a particular movie that came out. Um, they used it in the post credits of the movie. And if y'all don't know what I'm talking about by now, I'm talking about the Ramones and Pet Cemetery. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my 
um, the billboards had it at, uh, and a rock alternative rock and got up to like number four on the charts and number six um, some radio stations didn't want to play it because they thought it was just obscure and they didn't want to put it out at the time um, it was funny because it was actually the last um, song and video that was released that had DD in it but then afterwards he departed from the band and CJ came in and took his place and CJ Ramon so this was like the last bit of like the original member type situation before it actually blew up but it was funny because I always loved Pet Cemetery. Um, I always loved this song anytime it came on I always I always rocked out to it and then I literally would go to images in my head of course it with the movie because that's what it was written for so the fact that your favorite author which you know one of my favorite authors back in the day definitely came together met up with his favorite band that he loved and they came out with something that was totally cool and awesome I thought it was a great thing so what do y'all think about my pick for our horror animated or ad- adaptated or what, what do you call that word what's, what's horror adjacent yeah there we go horror I don't know fall. Uh, adaptation is that what you're trying to say uh, it was a four letter word I don't know adjacent that's a lot of words adjacent yeah pretty much adjacent yeah horror adjacent yes there we go um, what do y'all think about the Ramon Pet Cemetery? Um, I had never heard it before. I'm just being honest. And I've never seen the movie before. So. Shocker. Shocker. Oh, no oh my okay. God. So. No, I'm, playing. I wasn't shocked. No. I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I can only show you so many movies, Tosh. I know. I know. I'm shocked every time. Every time I'm shocked. <laughs> every time. Uh, but it, I, li- I like the song. The song was really good. I enjoyed it. So. And that's all he has to say about that. <laughs> yep. And that's uh, that's it for the podcast, guys. That was good. Let's go to run. That's all, folks. Yeah. It was for me. What you know? did you, have you, you said you never saw the movie, Tosh? Never saw the movie, no. Not even the remake? No, the premise. No. Yeah, the remake. You know that, yeah. Do you know? Have you read the book? No. So is it similar to Cujo where they just come back to oh, life? Oh, there's a like, cat in it Cujo instead did, of a dog. Cujo didn't come back to life. Oh, okay. No. Cujo was Cujo a was bad bitten. motherfucker. Oh, Cujo okay. had rabies. He was rabid. <laughs> yeah. He got, he oh, got okay. fucking rabies. <laughs> okay. So Pet Cemetery is where they come back to life then. They, they fuck some there's shit. There's a whole thing. You gotta watch the Zomb- whole. You gotta watch it. Zombie cats. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, as much as I as much as I like the the movie, the book is so much better. So much the book better. is creepy. Does it make the hair on your back of your neck step up? Literally, oh, wow. okay. Because the imagery inside there is like second to none, honestly. Yeah. Um, don't watch Presbyterian yeah. Two. Don't don't do that to yourself. It's it's fun. <laughs> for what it is. It's it's, it's, a, it's a good it's, it's oh. a good bad movie. <laughs> I got to I got to talk to Edward Furlon about that actually, because <laughs> he's one of the main characters in Pet Cemetery too, and he didn't even like it really. <laughs> Yeah. He didn't like the location and like a lot of the stuff elements of of the shoot. The shoot just weren't really great. But yeah. the first one, I think, was de- is definitely like, it's my favorite. Oh yeah, two is just yeah. a thing they did. But it has it's, some. It music. has its moments. It's got an all, yeah. a pretty good soundtrack. The second yeah, one. Yeah, it's got a great soundtrack. But uh, they, they, like they said, took good bad movie. It's like, uh, okay. you can watch it and be entertained. It's so, really fun if you've been drinking. So. Just to ask, is it a similar comparison to Chud and Chud 2? Like, is that what we're talking about with Penn Cemetery and Pet Cemetery 2? No, no, no. There's no comparison because (laughs) Chud 2 is much better than the first one. (laughs) 
Did I see Chatu? I saw Chatu is much more entertaining <laughs> because it doesn't doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. Huh. And Chatu also has an awesome soundtrack and a great theme song. <laughs> I did see Chud. I'm a walking. I'm a talking. Sorry. I keep going. Um, I have Chud 2 and Chud 1 soundtrack on vinyl. Nice. No way. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. You got to be a DJ and play play all your. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Invite me over to all your wedding recitals with all my horror movie soundtracks. Yeah, right. That would that would be appropriate for a lot of weddings. I'm sure there's a lot yeah, of people yeah. that are into that shit. Actually, you would make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Going back to the song. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. No. 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 It's fine. I. I, I like this. This is. I like this banter. Let's keep it up, guys. This is what make, makes the show good. <laughs> um, I we were just gonna say whether we liked it or not. Yeah, that was good. Oh or, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's right. that was that wasn't good. I liked it. <laughs> right. No. Would, would you say it's for you? I I would say it's for me. Uh, I am a I am a fan. I I love the Ramones and I like this song. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a wonderful song and. Um, and uh yeah i i like i like the movie i like the book um i would say pet cemeteries for me not in reality because i'll never ever ever put anything in that pet cemetery because i know <laughs> yes. what'll happen <laughs> yes and it's not good it's no. okay so you got like all these different characters like clancy brown <laughs> he was in um uh, the re the relived uh dexter and he played clancy, you know like clancy yeah. brown and what what and and uh pet cemetery no he's not he's not in pet cemetery too oh and two i thought we we're talking about the first one yeah yeah but yeah, i'm comparing him to fred Gwynn <laughs> in the first one uh oh. you know like the neighbor dude the real they both have kind of like that same presence you know sometimes the dead is better <laughs> yeah so like who does it better is it i guess for like the creepy neighbor <laughs> or like he's not uh, he creepy plays... he, no he's not creepy in the first one i mean he kind of a little bit just because like you never No, he didn't do it but he didn't do anything wrong right yeah he didn't do anything wrong but it's like the whole the whole vibe of it is like holy shit it was bad uh, place, bad time and he knew about what yeah. was going on and people could listen to him but he he had warned him about it but he was also helping a grieving father mm-hmm. yeah no no doubt he's a good guy but yeah and he then, did not deserve what he had coming uh-uh. yeah that what a tragic tragic awesome movie but very tragic uh the victor pascal character i played uh, I played him for Halloween. I played him. Uh, yeah, I played him at the you know, Halloween uh, party that I had. Uh, yeah, I dressed up as him, and uh, my wife was uh, Robin. She she was um, the cat church. <laughs> she just had like a cat, cat little cat ears and costume. It was pretty funny. That was Wasn't fun. the little kid's name Gage, right? Yeah, Gage. Oh, Gage. Yeah. Who's the actor again? Who's the? Oh. It's like. Uh, I can't oh, remember his name. But I look at the cast. Miko I will, I'll tell you, though, that the scene that creeped me out when I was a kid was the scene, the flashback with Zelda, the sister. Creeped me out. Oh, my God. Kid. That was the worst fucking thing ever. She's got the ring looking hair, you know, the chick yeah. from the ring. And she's just like all fucked up, man. Yeah, that and creeped I, me out. Not to, you know, she had a condition, so whatever. But, uh, but when you put yeah. that in a fucking movie like that. <laughs> Why? Well, so, I remember my parents running the VHS 
and we're watching it. And I don't know why they rented it and thought, hey, this is great for family night. But we're, you know, we're watching the movie yeah. and then that scene came on. I got creeped out and I ran upstairs and then I sat there by myself and got creeped out being alone. So I ran back downstairs oh, and, finished the, yeah. and finished the movie. <laughs> I remember not wanting to like go into a room by myself because I thought if I turned the light on, a bitch would be there. Or like, you know, take a shower, open the curtain, she'd be standing there, some shit like that, you know. And then I saw the ring and I was like, wow, did they steal that from Pet Cemetery? I mean, not exactly, but yeah. Just the whole they kind of created they created sort of an element that I see in a lot of horror today too. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was definitely a good soundtrack for the movie because it's so dark sounding, but it's cool. It's a fucking Ramones song, dude. And the Ramones are badass. I, I love that shit. And I like you know, how they made a little pact with, uh, you know, the song for the movie and all that. And yeah, just, just really cool shit, man. Um, Stephen King's definitely a weird motherfucker, but he's really cool guy. That guy, like he's got creepy stories too. That stuff that's happened to him, and it's not, it seems like it would be in one of his books, you know. But man, he is like the king of fucking. He's he's the king, <laughs> all right. But he's really truly the king of horror in my mind. Um, fucking awesome shit. I love it. And uh, when you picked this song, Dietrich, I was just really excited. Real excited to you know discuss this because yeah. And, uh, you know, the Ramones do have a dark, they had that dark kind of like picture about them and that sound and the look. And man, it fit well. I don't know what we'd do if there was never a pet cemetery. Um, the music in the movie just, yeah, it really made, really made uh, a scene. All right. All right. So um, I think that does it for all our picks. So we're going to go ahead and pick up that record and drop the needle on side B. Brandon, you had some homework for us, didn't you? Yes, I did, Taj. Um, yeah, no, I did. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and come out and, and say what the album is. Uh, the album is Off the Bone. It's from 1983. It's a compilation album. And the band is The Cramps. Uh, so, yeah, um, The Cramps, I think my real introduction to, to them was probably from a movie. And it was from 1985, Return of the Living Dead. And there's a song in there called surfing dead and i love that song and i think at some point in my life i decided well i like this song maybe i might like more songs by the cramps and that's what i did you know i went down that that music musical rabbit hole and wanted to listen to as much as i could about the uh, music by the cramps and I feel like, if I remember correctly, the first album I listened to by them was a live album from 1983, and it was called uh, Smell of Female. I think that might have been the first album that I actually listened to. Um, and I was pretty much hooked after that. Um, and I remember I listened to the compilation album from 84, Bad Music for Bad People. Um, and like, I, I never looked back. Um, big fan of the cramps. They just, the cramps always put me in a really good mood. Um, I just really enjoy the music. I really enjoy the energy, uh, that the cramps always brought. I mean, they put on a wild live show. Unfortunately, I never got to see the cramps. I wish I had. Um, I just want to briefly go over the history of the band. 
So the Cramps uh, had kind of a, a rotating group of, of musicians in the band, except for the husband-wife duo of Lux Interior and Poison Ivy, or Poison Ivy Rorschach. Um, they met in 1972 in Sacramento, California, at college. They had a uh, very, uh, very similar taste, and they bonded over that and their record collection, and they formed a band. And in 1976, the Cramps were formed. Um, they had moved to New York City in 1975. They were part of the early punk rock scene at CBGB. Did I say that too fast? You know what I'm talking about. Um, CBGBs. Yeah, that's it. Um, they were influenced by Rockabilly. They were even influenced by uh, Screaming and Jay Hawkins and the Ramones. Um, their music... Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, they, they coined the term psychobilly, which they took from a Johnny Cash song called, uh, One Piece at, at a Time. Um, but their music has also been known as rockabilly. It's been known as gothabilly. Um, you know, it's, it, it, the music is camp humor. It's sexual double entendres. It's, uh, <laughs> retro horror sci-fi B, B movie energy. I mean, it's, it's, it's got so much going for it. Um, they, their first album came out in 1980 and that album is called songs of the Lord taught us. Um, and at one point they wow. left New York, I think in 1980, they went back to LA and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they been, they recorded and released albums, um, you know, up until, uh, well, 2006 was their, their last show. And then, um, unfortunately Lux Interior passed away in 2009. Um, Lux Interior got his name from a car ad. That was the stage name. Poison Ivy, she got her name from, uh, from a dream. Lux Interior was the lead singer. Poison Ivy was the guitarist. And, um, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, I just, I love, I love this group. I, I, I love the, the videos that I've seen of them on stage. Um, this compilation album was their first one and it was released, uh, in the UK from Illegal Records. And then it was released as another compilation album in the US in 1984. Uh, that's the bad music for bad people, but that one doesn't have as many songs on it. And some people consider it a cash grab. Uh, so that's why we're doing off the bone. Cause I just, if you had not heard of the cramps, I really wanted you to hear, you know, a bunch of different songs by, by the group. Um, so yeah, I, I I really enjoy this this album. I really enjoy the music of the Cramps. Um, just high high energy. Another quick thing, uh, like I was saying, they had wild shows. Lux Interior, man, that guy was crazy. Um, sometimes he was almost nude on stage. He'd wear high heels. He was also known for. Uh, we're gonna try to say this in in the most um, peace like polite way. Uh, he was known for putting the entire head of a SM58 microphone into his mouth and he could sing with that microphone in his mouth. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I just, I love the energy of this, of this album. I love the songs. I, I like everything about, about the cramps and um, curious to see what you guys have to say. Uh, if, uh, if I had to pick a track, which, you know, we always do here, um, my favorite song on the album, the one that I always love to listen to and I always go back to is She Said. She Said. She Said. 
Um, and that's where Lux actually has the microphone in his mouth. And you can kind of hear that. Uh, that's why it sounds very distorted. But uh, yeah, man, just incredible, incredible band. Um, I, I, it's, it's too bad Lux isn't isn't here anymore because I, I would have loved to have seen the cramps. Um, I think that's all I got to say. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to you guys. What say you? All right. So I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. Um, this is the first I've heard of them uh, off top. And for me, first time hearing something, I, I definitely have to go in with an open ear. I think this surprised me all the way around because I didn't know what to expect. And I actually like it. I like the fuck out of it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great album pick. Um, I like the energy. I like uh, how each track is, is different within its own right. Um, I love the instrumentation to it. I love the overall sound quality and definitely, you know, the music itself and the, and the writing to it. Um, is is man, like, I like when this is one thing I like about the podcast when I'm introduced to new bands, new artists, and they're not new to people that are bringing them out, but they're new to me. And it, it opens up my ear to other stuff that I need to listen to. And I think that was the purpose of why we started the podcast in the first place. To, to throw out music for everybody could listen to. Some people may know it, some people may not, but ultimately you put something in there where everybody can get a jam out of it and like it. Um, I don't know if I'm taking anybody's pick. I'm sorry if I am. I don't, because normally I would take like an off kilter type track on, on the album. Um, for me, I like the whole damn album. So it was, it was kind of hard for me to simmer down to like one track. If I had to though, uh, just the, just the way that it comes in and it starts off beating heavy, I'm gonna have to go with Domino. <laughs> That's that's like that's my jam and that's the one that I, I really gravitated toward. Just from the intro all the way through, it was like, yeah, that's my lick. So I'm gonna I'm keep it right there, and I'm glad you presented this to me because um, I may have heard a couple of songs in passing, but didn't know who the artist was. Now I know who the artist is, so now I can go back and listen to more tracks and see what's going on with that. So I appreciate that, man. Cool, awesome. Yeah, this is uh, this is great, man. This is like one of the. I think I listened to the album three times. Uh, I listened to it while I was staying in my deck. I listened to it when I was in the car. Still, I was working. I work. I, I work at a desk, so it's, it's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is this is like the whole vibe is kind of like a. I get I get the psychobilly rock. I I kind of get like from the first intro song. I get a little bit of a surf rock. I don't know if I'm off of that, but I think it's kind of like. Oh, you're right. This band could have like ten different styles. But yeah, they, you have like a true style. Do. Yeah, yeah. But they, they're, you know, they're the fucking cramps, dude. Like, don't fuck with the cramps. I like, <laughs> I like how uh, she, she got her name from a dream. So they named themselves after they were in the band, or did they kind of like grow up in a hippie commune? And then they got no. pissed at it and started the band, or what? So it was like, I, and they just—I I mean, as far as I know, they just formed a band. It had nothing to do with with like a hippie commune or anything. They just no. decided yeah. to take on personas uh, on stage. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Oh my god, that would have been so cool to see these guys live. 
yeah, the CBGB vibe, the whole that whole scene, New York City and stuff, man. That oh my god, I wish I was younger. I mean, older, yeah. but you know, a young person during this, so I could go out and party my ass off and do all that shit. Because you would have to have a lot of fucking energy and be a teenager or at least in your early twenties to really be able to get through a fucking show like this. Because I'm sure it was fucking balls to the wall, uh, people just fucking everywhere, you know. That kind of seems great, but yeah, it takes a lot of energy. I like yeah. Human Fly. I think Human Fly has that, you know, the, that's the intro song. So yeah, I love that surf rock sound. Uh, I kind of like those. What is it? Is it she said that has like he's kind of doing a spoken word? Uh, well, she says where he has the microphone in his mouth and he's and, talking. And does, like, yeah, he goes. She said. She said. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. ooh, ah, that. that yeah, one. that's that's pretty cool. It's so weird. <laughs> Fucking weird. It's, it's um, a mixture. It's like if, if Iggy Pop did Psycho Billy. That's what I got out of yeah. it. It was like, damn. That's, that's a throw little mix right there. Iggy Pop, he fucking surprises <laughs> the hell of me, man. That guy, he looks like this hardcore, like like he's a fucking road warrior, renegade, you know? But then he's like sometimes really peaceful, you know? He's He's got different <laughs> harmonies, like really good music, great voice. But you're just like, damn, what, what the fuck happened to you? Like these bands... They live the road. They look like the road, but they really look like what they're singing about. Like you, know, yep. you can tell, they put their soul into it. You know, yeah, the authenticity is definitely like there. Yeah, yeah. Music is so widespread with genres and styles and how artists perform and how they interact with their fans. And I could, I bet these guys hunt out to see their fans afterwards. They probably partied with their fans. You know, there's a lot of beer flying, shits breaking, uh, tattoos, <laughs> lots of craziness, but. Yeah, that's that's all the stuff that this man, this this album made me feel. Yeah, I I love this album. <laughs> I think this is probably one of the best best things that I've heard in a long time. Uh, yeah, it's very Austin-y too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Austin has a little bit of like a vibe in some some areas where it's like a hipster vibe, but it totally uh, screams something like the Cramps. So <laughs> yeah, off the bone is great, dude. Thanks, thanks again, Brandon. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> and then there was me. Um, all right. So let me start with I'm probably I think I may be wrong, but I'm the one that has the most has I grew up listening to the 50s, a lot of 50s stuff. Right. Um, and I, I will say the after the first uh, one and a half listens on this, I couldn't I couldn't figure out what was because it was the thing was when I listened to it, it was like it was too much of a parody, but it was too serious to be it was too serious to be a parody but it was not i couldn't i couldn't put my finger on it so i i had to do some digging um because i didn't want this to turn into another uh like fanny or or, or any you know the feelies or, or whoever else I, I misjudged but uh i actually went down the rabbit hole watched some interviews because i had to understand what was going on with them and once what finally clicked is uh, one of the interviews says or or I mean, I saw some interviews with them as people, but then I also saw like a, a kind of a video explaining once they explained that the cr- the cramps were trying to do because back to 50s music was being accused of being sinful music. The cramps just turned that up to 11. They're like, if you think that rock and roll is sinful, 
I'm going to make it really simple. And that's the distorted feel. Like they distort it to make it be outrageous, crazy, sinful. Um, once that was there, you're like, I get this whole album. Like this whole album is awesome. Um, so it was really cool. Um, it, I did enjoy it. Uh, my pick, I mean, there was a lot of cover songs. I swear, because there's some songs in there. One sounds exactly like Jerry Lee Lewis. One sounds like something else. Um, you know, it, it like they're iconic songs. I, I like Lonesome Town. Lonesome Town is just, I know that's a cover song, but that one's just so funny. Uh, but if I had to pick, it, and it's mainly because it, I think it's it's not a cover and it's more original. I, I like Garbage Man. So uh, Garbage Man is my pick, but yeah, it, it took, I will say it did take me doing some digging and uh, going down a rabbit hole to, to do some research to find out what the, the band's purpose was. Um, Poison Ivy, what I did find that was interesting, and, and it is kind of interesting to think on, Poison Ivy very much wants or took the moniker of Queen of Rock and Roll because she was, it, it, to all accounts, like her guitar style, like she covered a lot of different guitar styles that came out of the 50s. And so it's kind of interesting to think on because I don't know who the actual Queen of Rock and Roll is, uh, but that's the moniker she was trying to claim. There's a lot of Queen of Rock and Roll. <laughs> a lot of Not queens really. Hey uh, there. <laughs> I don't know because there's. We'll have an episode about it. I I couldn't. I, there wasn't a name that came to, to mind. Uh, okay. Joan Jett. Uh, <laughs> that was Lisa the first thing I thought. Uh, <laughs> Lisa Ford, yes. She, I've met her too. She was great. Janis Joplin. Uh, yeah, but that's six. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know because they're. they're I guess so. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. But I'm just saying that's what she was trying to claim as her moniker. Oh. So I'm just letting you know. Oh, good. No, I'm not mad at it. Not mad yeah. at all. That's a good episode so. for later on. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it, I I did enjoy it. But like I said, it it did take me some research to figure out what exactly they were trying to accomplish to for me understand. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we go, let's go ahead and get our homework for next episode. And Diedrich, what album yeah. are we listening to? You are listening to 2001 self-titled album Gorillas. All right. Well, I remember the band. And, uh, it. Is it Gorilla or Gorillas? Gorillas. What is he? <laughs> okay. It's the Gorillas. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to do the Captain Raw joke. Don't you get <laughs> the what? Captain Ron joke. Oh, wait. What is... Oh, okay. All right. Dude, that's three. <laughs> Strike two. That's, you're out. You're that's you had it with the Star Trek, then you brought in Saturday Night Live, now you bring in Captain Ron. That's, that's it. Out of there. You're out. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, since well, now, I'll, I'll wrap stuff up. I guess. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. So this has been uh, Choice Tracks. Uh, you can find this on our website of choicetracks.com. Uh, we end with a Z or email us at choicetracks.com uh, at gmail.com. Sorry. Uh, also end with a Z. Uh, you can also listen to our matching playlist on Spandora on 
Pandora and Spotify, not Spandora. <laughs> I try and combine the two, like make them a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Spotify and Pandora. There you go. Um, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Phil Damon. And I'm scared of the dark. My name is Dietrich, and uh, we're going to pick up the meals that y'all can spin in those choice tracks. (laughs) Have a thriller night. (laughs) Good job. Nice. (laughs) 